Welcome to Bliss Beyond Fear. Your hosts, Des, a transformational life coach, and Gina Marie, a personal development mentor, are here to help you have confidence, embrace your worth, and find your joy. Des and Gina Marie are fierce friends and lifestyle entrepreneurs that will encourage you to have faith, elevate your mindset, and take action so you can achieve the results you desire. They believe that an abundant life is sustained by overcoming your fears through creating a circle that elevates you and rises with you. Your blissful journey begins now. Welcome to the Bliss Beyond Fear podcast. We have a special episode today because we have our good friend, Ashley Baxter, on the show. Yes, our girl, Ashley. We are so excited to have her here. This is awesome. (laughs) Um, Ashley Baxter is the founder of Courageous Worth Programs and the host of Courageous Worth Podcast. As a certified life coach and transformation specialist, she helps people live out their worth. She draws from her own personal struggles and 20 years of counseling others. Learning to fight for herself after being sexually assaulted led to her learning to truly value herself for the first time. Her main areas of focus are healing, self-acceptance, confidence, and body positivity. Oh, welcome, Ashley. Hi. <laughs> so this is this is going to be a very good interview. I'm like so excited because I think this is going to be one of those that is going to be listened to over and over and over again. Um, Ashley, I just want to say I just love you so much. And I just am so proud of of your boldness and your courageousness and and how beautiful you are in just, you know, being open and honest about this and and um, being able to help so many people with what you do. Yeah, and I've we're fortunate to have crossed paths with you through Brand Builders Group and have just followed you for a while and your content is so authentic and you I think that honesty that you bring to people is what brings out the vulnerability in them, which is a scary thing and a scary place because Speaking your truth into the world can feel just like a big, a big fear and something that's really difficult to get over. And sometimes you have to be encouraged from somebody else before you're willing to to share your own story. And so I think you've created that platform. And we're just excited for you to talk about that journey today because as you know, our listeners uh, and our mission is to help women with confidence and to embrace their worth and to find their joy and that's difficult already. And then in this season of COVID-19 and the pandemic, it just creates an element of isolation and difficulty that can make that already even right. more hard. So, so you know, yeah. the first question that we, we have for you, which is not going to be an easy question, <laughs> you know, is like, how did you get from where you were struggling to healing? after your sexual assault experience? 
Like, that can't be a quick question. <laughs> I'm all, okay, that could be the Here whole, it is in five that could words, be the whole podcast right there. I am not a right short worded person, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and real quick, I want to, because Des, you said something great that I'm afraid I'll forget later, is with you talking about how sharing one person's story gives other people the courage to share theirs. And I have found that to be so true. I spent a lot of time counseling other people who have been sexually assaulted. And some of these were people who had not shared their stories in ever or 20 years. And when they got to a point where they felt comfortable enough, I mean, it's always still scary, but when they they were able to share their story with someone who actually listened to them, that I feel like does a, it's like 50% of healing. Like it is such a powerful thing. Just speaking any, any hardship, anything that someone's been through, being able to share that and be heard is just so powerful and so important. So yes, I completely agree with the importance of being vulnerable and sharing it because it allows other people to do the same. So just wanted to say that before I <laughs> forgot that later. Um, but yeah, so my story is that seven years ago, I was sexually assaulted. And I had already before that I'd already been a really big proponent of counseling and just seeing the importance of talking through your problems and everything. And so when that happened to me, I within a few days immediately started going to counseling. And I realized that it was it was interesting, because even though I was a strong person that really or a strong proponent of counseling for anyone, I realized that, you know, this wasn't going to be a quick fix. Like this is a process. And I don't even really like to say the goal is to be completely healed from something for some people that might be the situation. But I think there's a lot of pressure with that because then you feel like you're supposed to get to a point where it nothing ever bothers you about that subject matter. And for me, instead, healing is about getting to a place where you are no longer, you know, bogged down by it, that you're able to live like, sure, those little things might pop up, but you then can keep on going. And it's, you know, that you're going to get through that little, you know, rough day or whatever. And so the more that I was going through processing everything that happened to me, I realized quickly, like, this is going to be a long time. This is, you know, I really feel like there were about two years of me just really wrestling through the hardest parts of it and the different layers of it. And what that kind of revealed to me that also goes into what I'm doing today is that in order to fight for something for a short amount of time, you don't have to really believe that much and that it's worth it. Like you can kind of muster up enough courage to, you know, do something for a little bit, But if you're going to be fighting for something for a very long time, you have to believe that it's worth fighting for. And that just revealed how I hadn't really believed and valued myself for a lot of my life. I put so much of my worth in other people and and like I love doing things for other people. I would I would much rather spend time thinking about someone else and focusing on their needs than my own. And so it was a really wild thing to come about in my healing process was also learning to love and value myself. And one of the, I think, big lessons that came about through all that, that also relays into a lot of what I do today is 
you know, there's just a lot of things in this world that are really hard. And I was just thinking, this is so hard. But I realized like what is worse than whatever hard thing that has happened to us is if we lost heart, is if we thought that that was what was going to define us, if we thought that there was no hope. And so knowing that and learning the importance of fighting for my heart, for other people fighting for their heart when they've gone through a hard time was just a big aspect also of my healing. And so how that led to what I'm doing today is I just got really passionate about other people (laughs) going through that, but other people just really learning to love and value themselves. I just realized, you know, the more that I learned to do that myself, like it was just freeing on every way. I I always say that I'm a recovering people pleaser and probably always will be. (laughs) But that was such a big aspect of it is realizing that I have to work on how I see myself and I need to care more about that than how other people see me. Like I need to start there and that will just overflow to how I can also love and help other people. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh, there was so much wisdom in that. I think I was holding my breath the whole time that you were talking, Ashley. I just, you know, I just felt like what you were conveying was such from your heart, this transformation that you went through that was eye-opening, but it came from trauma. And so I think it's fascinating how something that can tear you down almost can be this period of figuring out how to build yourself back up to see yourself in a way that, like you said, you hadn't even seen yourself before, which Mm -hmm. is an incredible part of the journey. So I just felt like the complexity of what you're describing of how it's not a quick fix. And it is something that takes time could really resonate with people. And then I love how something that I got out of what you were talking about was that really you, you healing was something that is, was an an unselfish act, bringing other people Mm -hmm. in and helping other people out, you know, is a part of healing, right? Oh, yes. So amazing. Absolutely. Was there like a, you know, was there like a pivotal moment that that you had where or did, was it just kind of an evolving thing? I think it was there. I mean, there were a few pivotal moments. A lot of it was evolving. Um, I remember getting so frustrated because I like to think that it was going to be a kind of a stair step situation where it's like, OK, I figured out I worked through this part of it. So now I move on to the next part. And then when I would get tripped up by something that I thought I'd already, you know, got figured out, it would be so disheartening because I just felt like I was in this constant state of dealing with this. Like I, I remember for the longest time thinking that I would always be dealing with this on a daily basis. And and so I had to learn that the healing journey could have lots of twists and loops and I need to stop putting expectations on how it's going to look and how long it's going to take. And when I did that, that was just so freeing because I wasn't also adding all this pressure on myself. And 
So for me, I think that that was a big thing, learning that um, and just realizing the whole process of realizing that it was worth fighting for. And um, but it was I'm, I've always been a big journaler. So it, you know, it was a whole long process <laughs> that um, a lot of it was gradual. So, yeah, yes. So pivot points and gradual. You have a voice and a message, but it can be hard to raise your voice above the noise. So how do you reach your audience and inspire them to take action? How do you increase your influence, grow your network, and drive engagement? Podcasting is a powerful way to build a connection with your audience and turn that crowd into a community. But where do you start? Rockwood Audio works with entrepreneurs and businesses to design and craft high-quality, smart content that fits your brand like a glove. Rockwood's podcast launch package includes one-to-one coaching and development, strategic and technical support, audio and visual branding, broadcast quality editing and production, and even distribution and setup. They'll get you from idea to iTunes in half the time with a great-sounding show that your audience will love. They even wrote the theme music for this show. And Rockwood's subscription editing, production, and publishing services takes away the hassle so you can focus on what's important. For a free consultation, go to rockwoodaudio.com. That's R-O-K-K-Wood.com. Rockwood Audio. Brand out loud. The world is listening. Okay, Ashley, we have another question for you. We know that embracing self-worth is something that we align on. It's something we believe in blissful fortitude. And we connected so much with you because we know that's a huge part of courageous worth. And so we want to know what are some of the common barriers that you see in doing transformational work with people that are trying to work on their self-worth? and gain that back? What, what have you learned from that? Yeah, I would say that kind of the three biggest areas are, one, what is the story that they are telling themselves? So really, you know, how do you see yourselves? What are you thinking? You know, you can, it's kind of that whole, the, is the glass half empty or half full? It's, it's crazy, but it is so powerful. And so it's, you know, what story are you telling yourself? Also, again, like I said, recovering people pleaser. <laughs> so what expectations from other people are you making be truth for yourself that really don't need to be truth? And so a lot of that is just, you know, breaking that down, getting clear on it, be like, okay, is this what I want for my life? Or is this what this other person wants for my life? And in that, it's just realizing like you have the power to choose and that you can, you know, change that. And the third thing is probably a mix of all of that. <laughs> it's asking yourself really good questions about both of those areas. So it's, you know, for example, something that was kind of a big revelation in my life over the past few years is I'm, I'm, I'm single. I, I don't have kids. I realize that I, so I love kids. I am, I mean, I've, during this virtual pandemic, a virtual pandemic, sorry, during this pandemic, I've been doing almost virtual babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing, you know, I've told some of my friends like, hey, you're, I know you're going crazy. Just 
put your kid on a Zoom and they can show me all their baby dolls and stuff like that. I love that. Stop. I love oh it. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. Show me your baby and, doll Zoom. That's this meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and like usually if there's like a party of people of all different ages, I am most comfortable just like going into imagination land with the kids. But I realize as much as I love kids, I don't want kids of my own. And I didn't know that those two things could exist together. And and a lot of that I think is just all these expectations and everything. Oh, does do you I can <laughs> I see you raising your hand in the group. Spirit <laughs> animals, much like our unicorn connection. Yes. Is that connection. And so I'm really, I'm really, really happy you shared that because I share in that as well. I absolutely adore children. Couldn't adore yeah. them more. I don't yeah. need them to come from my body. <laughs> but I could just enjoy them from other yeah, humans. Which is fine exactly. because I have enough for the three of us. It's so good. <laughs> she could share. That's perfect. I actually, um, I'm getting ready to go spend a few weeks with some friends in Nashville and just, you know, go to a different bubble during the pandemic and spend time with them. And I, the one of them just had a baby and I was already asked to be the baby's fairy godmother before she was born. And now I have also been promoted to godmother. So I... I can say this because this will air after she's already re- received this. But so for Christmas, I'm giving Willow is my my goddaughter. So I'm giving Willow her first little baby Bible. And I'm also giving her a pair of fairy wings. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and her name is Willow. That name is amazing. Perfection. I, I love know, it I know, so I much. So awesome. <laughs> But but yeah, just expectations for life and realizing it's just, all, again, all these just questions, like questions are such a beautiful thing and they help us get down to what we're really thinking, wh- where those thoughts came from, the motivation behind them. And, you know, in regards to questioning like other people and what their expectations are for you, one of the biggest things that took me so long to realize and it shouldn't have is that. You can't please everyone. Someone is going to say, your life needs to look this way. And then someone else can say, your life needs to look completely different. And you are just going to be exhausting yourself, running ragged the longer that you try to please everyone. Because it's impossible. You're fighting a battle that can't be won. And so when you learn what you really think is how you're supposed to build your life and everything, and then you know, seek that out. Like that's really the only area that you can win in, in regards to those expectations are your own. Isn't that funny though? Because it's almost like we have to undo the things that we learned as we grow up and get influenced, which is mostly positive. I hope for people, you are essentially living up to someone else's expectations, right? Your parents, your teachers, maybe people in church or whatever spiritual thing that you align with. And the list goes on and on. There's You're developed as a byproduct of all those environmental things. And you don't actually figure out you, the you, until you explore and, and get older and formulate your opinions. If maybe you disagree with some of the things that you learned or whatever that may be. So that process, I do think happens later in life where you're 
testing out if your your true beliefs, your feelings about yourself, and and as you go through that process. I think it does take time to, for people to find out the true them. And who are you serving? Are you serving mm-hmm. yourself for your best interest and your peace, your harmony? Or are you serving something else? And that's, yeah, I don't think that's easy. Yeah. Well, and I think that for the longest time, and I think women especially experience this where you're not really encouraged to question and so I think that comes about much later in life, unless you have people in your life that come by and say, hey, well, what, you know, they, they ask you questions. So you start questioning things. And so I think that, you know, for just growing up, I just always thought all these ways that I have been told that life is, that is the way. <laughs> and, uh, sorry, I don't know if y'all watched The Mandalorian from Disney. <laughs> he, always, he always ends by saying, this is the way. So, <laughs> but anyway, so he, it's about like questioning what just everything. And I think some people are scared of questions, but I just think it's the most beautiful thing because either it will change your direction or it'll reaffirm where you already are and give you more confidence. It doesn't mean it's always going to lead to a breaking down of something. It could be leading to just like, no, this I am doing what, what I'm supposed to be doing. This is the right path. So there's power in questions. Don't be scared. Don't be scared of the questions. You know, I have a question for you and we can edit this out if you are, if you're not comfortable with this. Um, I I would love to know, like, how much of your trauma do you share of, of your experience that, you know, you've been through? Our listeners might be wondering, you know, what yeah. what was it that happened to Ashley? And and I'm sure they can relate to it, sadly. Yeah. Or, you know. No, no. And that and that is the sad thing is that the I'm honestly never I always hate when I hear that something's happened to someone, but I'm never shocked because it happens to so many people on some type of level. And I mean, I've had, even for me sharing my story, like I've had a couple guys open up to me that they've had something happen to them, you know, and um, no, but I'm very open. I, I don't go through certain specifics, but basically what happened was I, I, I loved getting massages. I, I mean, I would go like once a month. That was, well, my stress reliefs and everything. And I went to this, I've been going to this spa for about probably four years. And it's really like one of the nicest ones in town. And the girl I had gone to forever, she was leaving. And so I started trying different massage therapists within that spa. And I, the, I think it, I tried this one guy and the first time I got a massage with him, things just felt off. But I hadn't been to a guy in a really long time. And so I I was like, maybe it's just me like reading into things. And the second time, everything was completely fine. So I thought, yep, I was just completely reading into that. And I only mention that because in a lot of situations, like perpetrators will try to test the waters and see what they can maybe get away with. And so the third time I went, that was when he raped me. And so I, you know, when everyone reacts differently, I thought I'd only heard of fight or flight. I'd also only see what they put on television where you see someone like in a corner shaking, barely consolable. And for me, there's also, so they, you hear fight or flight, but there's also freeze. And that was my reaction. Like in my head, I just, 
just kept saying over and over again, like, we'll think about it tomorrow. We'll think about it tomorrow. Like I, I was, I, I was just completely numb in that moment and, and everything. And, and the thing is, I've always said like he, and this happens a lot where there's just so much confusion around sexual trauma. Like he didn't act like he was doing anything wrong. Um, af- when everything was done, he, w- he said, um, he said, that's all the time we have today. And so it's, I mean, so my mind is just so confused, you know, I'm, I'm like, I don't wait, did, did he think I want, like, I, you know, all the, all these things, you know, you don't, your first default typically isn't thinking that people are horrible people. And so I'm like, wait, what, you know, it's it's just so, there's just so many confusing thoughts that happen from it. And, and it's just wild always looking back because for example, typically after a massage, they would just be like, okay, you know, go. And then you go pay up front. But he like walked me out to the cash register, I think to make sure that I didn't say anything. And, and then I left and I, and I, I, I hate this part of my story, but also I think it's helpful for people that have experienced it. And cause trauma just comes out in different ways. So I, I got in my car and I called one of my friends and I said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. And I started laughing and it was her freaking out that made me think like, wait, what just happened? And I remember I got home and I was, and I was like, no, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Again, this is just, it's just shock looks weird ways. It, you can be laughing. You can be crying. You know, it's just weird. You know, there's, I think that's what's so hard. So many people are like, oh, that person didn't act like they had something happen to them. And there's no, there's, you know, you just respond and it can come out really weird. And I remember that night I, went home and I immediately took a shower, which was so telling to me because normally I I wouldn't take a shower after a massage because I love all the oils and everything. But I immediately took a shower and I texted my friend house and I said, okay, I'm feeling a little bit violated, but I'm sure I'm just going to sleep it off and I'll be fine in the morning. And then it's like famous last words <laughs> because that was not the situation. Um, and so, yeah, and I... Thankfully, I had kept in touch with the girl masseuse that I'd had before. Like she had moved by that point. And it was nice to also talk to her and her to be like, no, not like nothing of that was okay. Because your mind is just still trying to figure it all out. And so it was great to talk to her. And she encouraged me to call the spa and 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 she called as well and just was like, this is a very like I know this person. She is very trustworthy and everything. And so they fired him. I filed a complaint with the North Carolina Massage Board, and he adamantly denied what happened, which I wasn't really prepared for that. Like, I I mean, his letter was like that he wrote to them in defense was saying, like, I strive to uphold the most reputable service and everything. And so, again, it's just these things that you just don't expect to be faced with. And so, um, but thankfully... I, there was a, we had, since we both were saying opposite things, I had to go um, to Raleigh, North Carolina, which is like two hours away and speak in front of a room full of 30 people and tell them every single thing that happened. Like, I mean, specifics, everything. And thankfully he didn't show. And so it was a pretty easy determination. So they took his license away. So he can't ever hurt women in that way again. And I did seek... Um, I did call the police and that was just, it was, it's very difficult because it, I get it. Like it's basically, he said, she said, like, I didn't understand, honestly, I, I don't get in specifics of what exactly he did, 
I didn't really understand that it was rape. And also, I did, yeah, I didn't know that I could have, there could have been some tests done for DNA and things like that. And so it really was just my word against his. And the only thing they end up saying after two years of kind of back and forth conversations with them, which was just frustrating, like I just, I don't know, it, I don't know, it, it can be a very long process, not to discourage, I think everyone needs to do what they need to do. And, but at the very end, they're like, okay, well, if you will wear a wire and confront him. We think that's the only way that we could do this. And I, by that point, it had been about two years and I just had done so much work on myself. And I was like, you know what? The possibility of him saying that he did something could be very low. And, but the possibility of what that would do to me personally and my healing and growth is very possibly incredibly damaging. (laughs) And so for me, I, you know, we, we just kind of dropped it. I I think if he ever did something to someone else and they reported, I think that I'm somewhere in the system and then maybe they would pull me in, but yeah. So. I'm in shock and just hearing you and trying to process everything. The thing that I want to acknowledge is a your courage, courageous worth, yes, 100%. so fitting, uh, because that n- needed to be shared, and I know that was probably difficult to to do that. Uh, but it's something that struck me what you said, which is there's no right way to respond, and I think that's that's really important because. TV is TV and we see the shows and it shows us whatever it does. And that's not necessarily reality. And so I think it's really important to acknowledge that there's not in such complex, challenging, unexpected situations. Things can happen. And like you said, there's a a flood of emotions and until you have some type of experience, it's difficult for somebody to maybe even understand. And, you know, I can see how women would want to stay quiet about it when you listen to everything that you talk about. Then I had to talk to them. Then they talked to them. Then they said this. Then they said that. And the whole process of everything, um, you know, I had I had a situation um, that I that I shared about where I I was. I was raped by a, um, a friend's, uh, their, her brothers and I was, I was little. And so same thing, did the shower, got in the shower. It's just like, "Mm, I just want to get clean. I just want this off of me. And, um, and then didn't say anything because I, you know, I, I was concerned about my friendship, like what I would lose if I said something. And then I remember my mom later finding out, you know, about, um, well, I kind of blurted it out because he said something about me dating somebody. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, no, you don't have any right to say anything about me and who I date. And so I just said to my mom, you know, he he knows, you know, he's done more to me than anybody has. Mm. And then it kind of came out. But the way that it came out, my mom was like, "Okay, well, hold on. When your friend comes over, we'll talk about it. And if her story aligns up with your story, 
then, you know, then I'll say something Mm. to her mom. So I panicked kind of like you, like there, you know, I could totally relate to that whole, okay, so there you are. You're like, okay, you know, at least I felt like this, you know what? We just let it go away. Let's let it go away. Just like you were saying, you know, la, 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 la. Okay. I'm going to wake up and everything's gonna be fine. I'm gonna have my Cheerios and get on with my day and get on with my life. And, you know, there, you know, it, I probably would have because I was so little. Um, It came out, you know, years later. And then you have to go through all of that to try to defend yourself. And it's and it's like another violation, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like you've you've had this violation. Now you have to defend that you didn't ask for it. You weren't participating. You it, it really happened. You didn't make it up because you want you or you know just because you want attention or or whatever you know. And um, you know the enemy in your mind, you know, messes with you, thinking that you know nobody's going to believe you. So what's what's the even you know what's the point you know? Yeah. Um. In in my situation, it didn't go very far. Nobody said really anything. I was allowed to spend the night over their house afterwards. And mm. and and my life my life went on. Um, the blessing that came from that is some standards that I have with my girls as far as putting them, you know, that, that was the power that I could put to that. Um, like you putting power to it by helping other people. Um, it was the same thing for me. And that happened to be my eight girls that I... Um, my our parenting mission statement was to bring them up in purity and maturity. And we based all of our decisions on those two things. If they were aligned with our mission statement, then we encouraged it. And so we protected them as far as like being alone with guys. They weren't ever allowed to as much as we could. That was healing for me. Mm-hmm. That was healing for me knowing that, you know, you know, I was able to protect my girls and keep them from that. And, and, you know, that really helped. Yeah, well, and how people respond, I I always say there's the whole thing of you dealing with your own, everything that's happened to you. But then the other big component is dealing with how other people respond to you. And to me, that, that is almost equally as hard of the battle, you know, and just how, you know, that your mom said, let's see if this other story measures up like that. That's, that's just really hard. And I, I can't remember what the percentage is. I think it's 2% out of a hundred people that say that something happened to them are lying. Like just two people out of a hundred. And I think it's actually less than that because it's about how people have actually like, they've measured this based on, um, reported cases to the police. And, you know, there's so many more that haven't reported it. So I really would say that that percentage is more like 0.05. And so the moral of that story is you should always believe someone at first, you know, like that should be your default is not questioning it. And I did hear this one guy um, speak that works in this area. And he was saying, it is hard when you find out that someone that you care about and love has had something happen to them. And sometimes that's why people respond poorly because they don't want to live in a world where that happened to this person they care about. And um, I do have, so although I don't like focus on this a lot and I mean, I do, but it's not just one of the main things that I do is only helping survivors. But I kind of was saying at the beginning, like how our stories are so important to share 
but then also how important it is for people to learn how to respond better to survivors. I created these free PDFs that are on my website. And it's one is how to tell your story. And the other is how to support a survivor. And because there's just so many misconceptions that are so damaging. I feel like the mental battle that a survivor has to do to be able to listen to some things that are not great that people say that can be very harmful and be able to either speak up at that point or just allow it to pass by you and not do anything with it. Like, I mean, just, just so many things like, I mean, there is, it is never anyone's fault. You know, you could, I I don't really support people walking around naked, but that is still, even if someone walked around in public naked, that does not give anyone right to hurt someone else. And there's again, just so much talk and so many things that, you know, usually like, there's a saying where it's that, you know, no one asks a survivor, what was their perpetrator wearing? They ask, what were you wearing? You know, as if what you were wearing was, you know. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That is interesting. Well, and then I would imagine also there's that element of what your relationship was. Right. Like you talk about the being naked and then also like, Mm -hmm. well, we were dating for years. Yeah. So what was it? You know, I was familiar with her like and I decided I wanted that. And, you know, we've done it before. She's never denied me before. You know, was yeah, I'm sure she she was fine with it. You know, she just, you know, every other Tuesday she'd have a headache and not want to do it. And we'd get over it or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No. And that's the thing is because I I don't think that a lot of people realize that like rape can exist in marriage and that it doesn't matter that situation, you know, that can still in some, I'm not sure if it's all states, but in many states like that is a criminal offense. And the hard thing is just, it's just, it's like the thing that I hate the most is some of the, I feel like, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, in so many cases, they are so hard to prove. Whereas someone could like write fraudulent checks and you got that, you know, clear, easy, they go to jail. And it, it's just so hard. And it's um, unfortunate. I mean, but I mean, I'm, I'm glad that someone can't just say I did something and be, you know, I'm taken to jail. But it's, it's just a really not great part of the whole situation. And so I, I had if anyone's listening, it's, um, I know, we'll probably get this up on contact information at the end. But just since we're on it right now, if you go to the ashleybaxter.com, and then just scroll to the very bottom it has a link for sexual healing resources and that there's a lot of links to different places and different websites and um, support groups but it also has um, those free pdfs and it's just it comes automatically with two of them where one of them is the one for a survivor and one is one for someone supporting a survivor you guys we're, we're a little we our energy is up a little bit because i'll just tell you full disclosure here this, we have had so many technology uh, glitches through all of this. Ben will make this look seamless, but we're giggling because we lost this for the longest time. We were posing to take a picture and Ashley's face is frozen. And I thought she was just posing and she was frozen. <laughs> but it was the best. I know. It was, it was the, the best, best pose. frozen like, pose. She messing with us? <laughs> <laughs> She's not breathing. <laughs> Fabulous. So, okay. So what, what advice is on your heart to give to our listeners? We, you know, we, we love talking about, um, 
being confident and we just finished um, our confidence course. And I would just love to hear from you. What what advice would you give to women who are having challenges with confidence and and body positivity? Yeah, no, it's a lot of what we've talked about, just really getting clear and realizing that you are valuable and important, that there is no one else like you in this world now, before, ever in the future. And I always say that, you know, whether you believe you're created by a God that loves you or the result of all these different evolution things happening, that either of those situations is a miracle. Like each of those situations result in you being here and they're both miraculous. And so realizing that you have this opportunity to live your life and to show up as your true and authentic self in the way that you were supposed to be created and the way that the gifts that you have in you and that you can, you know, you trying to be like someone else, that that person's already there, but there's not another you. So you need to show up because this world needs you. And, you know, even if, even if it's something with like business or something like that, and you're like, oh, all these other people are already doing this, but they're not doing it your way. They're not doing it with your voice. And so just recognizing that regardless of how other people respond, how other people say your life needs to be led, the more that you can really see how you just feel more natural and that you also get joy from showing up in this world, that gives you so much confidence. Wow. Amen. What a great. I, uh, I could not have said it any better, Ashley. That was poetic yes, yes. and just so, so accurate. So as you look ahead, we're getting into a new year. I think everybody's excited <laughs> about that. Yes, 2021. Woo! Hallelujah. Bring it on. Sing, mm-hmm. sing a song and do a dance. Um, what is next? for your Courageous Worth programs, for your podcast? What can people look forward to? And how can people connect with you and follow you? Yeah. So I'm really excited. I So all the body positivity work I do, I've mainly done it with groups. And so now I'm having it be in a self-led course. So that should be done hopefully by Christmas <laughs> is the plan to have that all, all the finishing touches up. So I'm so excited because that, oh, I mean, I could talk for hours also about that. Like that is just such something that holds us back, not just women, I mean, men as well, and in so many areas. And so um, it's it's just been really cool as I've led other women through it and to see just the freedom it brings them. And so anyway, so I'm really excited about that course being out there if a self-led program is easier for someone than interacting with a group of people online. And then at the end of January, I'm doing a book club and that's me and some other women who are going to be leading this. And it's for the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And so I'm super excited about that. So I'll be announcing that in the middle of January. And so you can find out about that by either going to my website, which is the Ashley Baxter. Ashley spelled A-S-H-L-E-Y. So theashleybaxter.com. I'm also the Ashley Baxter on every single social media platform. So so whenever you go there, you'll find out what's happening and everything. And yeah. 
We will make sure Fantastic. that all we'll put of that the all ways in. to reach you are in our show notes <laughs> so people can click on the right links and get to the right places oh, because sure. that's how that all works. Well, we know that it was there was a lot of emotions going in different directions. It's a, it's a heavy topic. It's a meaty topic. One of our core values is fun. So we like to end on a on a note yeah. of fun. So we have fun questions for you. Jean Marie is going to ask you the first one, and I'm going to ask you the second one. All right, are you ready? If a movie was being made of your life and you could choose the actress to play you, who would you choose and why? So <laughs> the first thought that came to mind was Betty White. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so funny. <laughs> I, I have been watching a lot of reruns with Betty White over the pandemic. Oh uh, my gosh, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> but Betty White maybe is <laughs> she is. She's adorable. She is. Oh my gosh. I she hope she I'm would get the I'm, humor I'm side of me. Like she, she would pick somebody a little younger, but that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she she would capture the hu- the humor side of me. So I guess Aww. someone that has the humor of Betty White and then also a dramatic component. But I just love so many actresses. It's really difficult to... I'm, I'm a movie obsessive person, so... <laughs> I love it. So you would pick Betty White because you guys have yeah, the same... Yeah, let's go with Betty White. Oh, my she God. She is your... Can, awesome. That is just phenomenal. I love that so much. Okay. Now. This one always gets me nervous. I don't ready? know why. Okay. This is time for the blissful bonus question. (laughs) Because you pick a number between one and 20. So I don't even know what question it's going to be until you pick a number. That's why it kind of is exciting. So three. Three. What is your most used emoji? Oh, oh. (laughs) This is good. My, I just... I am one of those people that probably overuses emojis. And I just want, you know, I want email to be, have like emotion in it. Like I want people to know, hey, this is where I'm coming from. And so I try to overcompensate in texts and emails with emojis. But I would say probably my most go-to one is this, the face with the hard eyes on it. Yes. (laughs) And also the the kissy face heart. But uh, yeah. That so there's nothing nothing crazy exciting. There's it's just more about me trying to convey that's, emotions. That's very telling yeah, there's a lot about going how on. sweet you are. There's loving. a there's a lot of love that you emanate to those that you connect with. So that is very fitting. Mine is the face, the hand, the palm. Oh no, palm I face. <laughs> that's probably that's the me. third common oh, one. Not again. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Usually it's because I made me. a mistake. Yeah, I'm like you won't believe what I just did insert that emoji <laughs> that mine lately has been the crying laughing face oh that's awesome. you know it's a good one oh. you get what do we that do before meme? emojis oh, i love it or just yes. you know and it's you gotta laugh we need laughter yeah. we need love and laughter yes yes and silly moments yes with- little yes. fun fact wes always does it three in a row okay because if you do three in a row they come up large if you do four, then it defaults to, to small. a small text. That's right. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's how it you out. Want, Did you know, know that? You want bigger Little emojis. Fun fact. So it's like the most that you can get out of your emoji. That's is right. Threes. Is three. If you huh. want them big. Yeah. Yeah. 
One emoji big, two emojis big, three emojis big, four. No, little (laughs) trusting little heart kissy face. Everybody wants a big one of those. Well, thank you so much for braving this podcast with us in so many different ways. In so many ways. I love y'all. It's a joy to hang out oh with y'all. This gosh. is the best. This is just oh, it's the been, best time. It's been such a roller coaster. We've been <laughs> laughing. We were crying. We were like, Technology. take our breath away. I don't know. Oh, the whole, all of the things. Oh, oh my this, heavens. Um, we want to do a shout out mm-hmm. to Rockwood Audio and without them you know we just it our we just would this be episode a, would not a be, mess. be out <laughs> nobody would listen to us ever um and to ava media productions aaron thank you for your amazing video content oh, we appreciate you we just it takes a village to make these things happen oh boy a village <laughs> a tribe a universe unicorns <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, Please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Make sure to rate and review this episode. We would love to get your feedback about how this impacted you. And I would highly encourage you to share this with somebody that needs to hear this story. Ashley's story is really powerful. I know I took things away from it that I didn't even anticipate and it's it is a gift to be able to share stories because that is what life is all about is learning and growing from each other things that are kept in secret are kept from healing so um ashley's here for you um in that realm we're here for you in any way we can be there for you as well and until next time may your faith be greater than your fears and remember you are your only limit so take action today Thanks for listening to the the Bliss Bliss Beyond Beyond Fear podcast. podcast.